Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast, episode 91. Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast with your host, Jack Mountain Bushcraft School founder and master main guide, Tim Smith. I'm your host, Tim Smith. I'm a registered master main guide and have been a full-time outdoor instructor and guide since founding the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School in 1999. We help people become more skilled, more knowledgeable, more experienced, and more confident in the natural world through our bushcraft and guide training semester programs and multi-week canoe and snowshoe expeditions. You can check out the show notes to all of our podcasts at blog.jackmtn.com. If you're interested in learning more about our college-accredited and GI Bill-approved programs, visit the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School on the web at jackmtn.com. And check out our online network and digital learning academy at bushcraftschool.com. Hello and welcome back to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. It's been a couple of months since we've recorded one of these and it's been a busy couple of months. I'm your host Tim Smith and my life looks a lot different than it did in June uh, when we published episode 89. Since then I've moved, I've spent the summer off the grid... And I'm into a new a new spot here, directly adjacent to the field school. And this morning, I have the good fortune of sitting down with my old friend, Colin Clifford. How are we doing today, Colin? Great. Great. Uh, Colin just returned from a 10-day solo Allagash trip. And uh, we want to talk about that. Uh, and we'll probably do another one of these pretty soon with... Uh, getting everybody up to date with our current events and everything like that. But today we're going to focus on on the solo Allagash trip. Uh, so, just got back. Yep. Um, you were out for 10 days. Yep. Historically low water levels in northern Maine this summer. Yeah, it was it was uh, quite, quite low. The um, <clears throat> Originally, I wanted to do... Uh, I wanted to do the whole thing. I was going to do the 21 day practicum. And so I was going to, um, yeah, put in that, uh, the, that T loss, basically do the trip that we did two years ago. Yeah. The whole, the 99 mile Allagash wilderness waterway. Yeah. But, um, just, um, planning and everything and just how everything worked out and, and the real killer was the fact that the, the water was just too low on the river. So, that kind of put a, a nail in that coffin, but I still wanted to do a substantial um, trip, a substantial solo to where I could test my skills, basically in the same spirit of the 21-day practicum. Yeah. So I kind of just met halfway there and decided to go the 10 days. And... What, 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 half of 21 would be like 10 and a half. Yeah, so I... I I went you know, half. I don't want to be—I don't want to be too much of a stickler about math here, but uh. <laughs> well, <laughs> math wasn't my best subject, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely, um, I definitely think I got uh, a real good, um, a real good uh, taste of that. A good, a good. Um, I got a lot out of it. So you went from here, you put in at Churchill Dam, which is sort of the end of the Headwater Lakes. If you're doing a one-way trip on the Allagash Downriver, mm-hmm. that signifies the end of the Headwater Lakes, the beginning of the river. It's a great spot. I spent a bunch of time there this summer. Love it. Yep. Uh, 
you know, great little rips to, to pull. And then obviously Chase Rapids right there and it's dam controlled. So you can run that even yep. if the rest of the river, the lower river is too low. Yeah. And I actually did run Chase Rapids. You I, did? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's kind of funny because I, I put in, um, uh, I showed up um, a little late um, the night before and um, the next morning uh, there was a group that was camped next to me, the, the campsite right at uh, Churchill Dam and um, there's a parking lot there so my truck was parked in the parking lot and uh, uh, one of the guides there, I guess he had a, someone sick in his party, someone wasn't feeling well so he noticed that I had a main guide sticker on my truck and he came up to me and asked me if I would be willing to um, run Chase Rapids, one of the boats. And I, you know, I've run Chase Rapids before. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I mean, my confidence was already to the point where I knew I could, I could pull it. Um, so I agreed to it and I pulled uh, one of the, one of their um, their their um, people down the river. So I actually guided the Allagash. I actually and the guy actually tipped me twenty bucks because he was very impressed with with polling, which he didn't even know existed. There was a guy from California who had no idea about polling or California is like. Uh... That's a town in southern Maine? No, no. It's down by Kittery? It's a little south of Route 2. It's south of Route 2? Yeah. Huh. I got I to bone up in my geography. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's also a great story. Like, I've never heard anything positive coming out of having, like, a guide sticker on a vehicle, and that's a great one. Yeah. Like, like I have that registered Maine poacher one on mine, <laughs> and I get hassled by game wardens all the time. They're like, oh, what are you hunting? I'm like, anything that's out of season. <laughs> oh, wait, are you a... Oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> well, that's great that's a fun rip to 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 pull uh mm-hmm. it's uh you know for those of you out there in podcast land it's about six to seven miles only the first mile and a half to two miles are are super challenging mm-hmm. um and it's you know it's not the world's biggest rapid but it's really shallow mm-hmm. so like the traditional main way of ascending descending rapids with a pole is super useful there because sometimes you come around the corner and all of a sudden there's just no water there's nowhere to go he he was amazed that um that you could just stop right in right in the water he was like he couldn't he couldn't believe it and and when i was snubbing down you know i was explaining to him and then i would you know i would ferry across the river and he was like wow you know that's that's that was really smooth, That's, you know, and I would just kind of. Did you, did you did you squint at him? Then? I was swinging. Like, I, I had you know you're my goddamn right. It yeah, is. my Mel Gibson voice, you know, <laughs> or my and uh, yeah. So it was it was pretty, you know. I, I it's it's really awesome when you can you know show people because um, you know. You know, and even the guy, the 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 guide there that asked me, he was very impressed too. He he was, um, and actually, um, I don't want to name any names or any organizations because I don't know to what degree uh, he, you know, you know what they 
Um, is this this is a conspiracy theory? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we're gonna blame anything bad that happened on Big Chip. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you know much they want to attach themselves to us. You know what I mean? <laughs> they might have a reputation. <clears throat> so, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, he was very serious. He he, he wanted very serious about getting. <clears throat> My information, um, they have, they run a, um, uh, a camp, uh, like a summer camp and they have a canoe. He was the head of the canoe program there and he was, you know, very adamant talking about how he, he wanted to extend the canoe program and he wanted to include, um, you know, polling. That's you know. fantastic. And what a nice feather in your cap, because I know you've been at this for a number of years now, yep. learning and, mm-hmm. you know, working hard. And we've spent a lot of weeks on remote rivers together. Yep. And, you know, it's it's fun to see somebody go. I mean, I if I really thought about it, I could probably remember that first day where, you know, you were polling and the first day standing up on canoe and you're like, whoa, this yeah. is... Uh, I keep pulling over to the to the right. Well, or, to the know. point where, you know, then running the Bonaventure and the yep. St. Croix and then, you know, guiding on the Allagash mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's just great to see. That, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited for you. Yeah, which kind of ties into, um, you know, kind of the, the point, you know, with this, the fact that I had um, decided to do this was the fact that, you know, I had been on so many trips with you. I, I Probably if you count snowshoe trips and... and um, Cree trips and canoe trips. I've probably been on over a dozen trips with you, you know, you know, you and then, you know, Chris and, and, um, you know, Blake and, you know, all those guys, the usual suspects, the usual hashtag full-time lifestyle. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Just so, you know, that I, I, you know, the fact that I had been on those trips, and I learned so much. Um, the next step, you know, for me was to do my own trip. Um, yeah, the, it's a different animal uh, when you're the guy in charge, and it's a different, different animal, animal too when you're when you're solo. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and obviously when you're solo, you're also the person in charge. Usually, you're the yeah yeah. Well, you know, sometimes. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Mother Nature is always in charge. Yes. Um, that's kind of one thing that you really uh, learn. Um, that's we, probably lesson number one you learn is... Years ago, my good, good friend Greg Boulanger, after a spring canoe expedition, uh, took his boat and went up to the Bonaventure and ran it solo. And mm-hmm. I remember when he came back, his boat was a little banged up, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I don't think he had the easiest trip... But I remember exactly what he said. He said, you know, when the second you push off from shore, the river owns you. Oh, yeah. You exist at, you know, at the river's behest. Absolutely. Like if the river wants to, like, crush you, ruin your day, uh, it's going to do that. Yeah. So, and, and I think that's something that in our modern world, we're so used to being in control of everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, you have, to, you have to relinquish that sense of control um, Absolutely. Because if you don't, you're dangerous. If you're yeah. like, I'm going to go today, you know, come hell or high water today, I'm getting to the top of the mountain. Like, that's when there's a lightning storm. Yeah. That's when it's just not advisable to yeah. do that. Oh, yeah. And then you had that experience on this trip. Right? I did. Yeah, actually. Um, so I, um, you know, I, I pushed 
I pushed pretty hard. I actually made it pretty far. I think um, you had, you know, before I pushed out, before I set off, you know, we went over the map. Um, and you went to, your destination for the trip was the headwater lakes of the Allagash because there just wasn't enough water in the river, correct? Yes, yes. Um, I I wanted to... I wanted to check out as much as possible. I want, my objective was to see, check out as many campsites, um, to go as far as I could, um, that the weather would allow. Uh, you know, in in excuse me, I wanted to. You know, I didn't want to have my ego get into it because, like, like we were, you know, we were talking about it. It. it, it it, that's dangerous. You like know? when your ego is writing checks, your body can't cash. Absolutely, because it's like there's a danger zone. There is a danger, and when you're doing that, it's like you're on a almost like a highway yeah. through that danger zone. Yeah, exactly. And, and like if you were in New York State, you'd be on the like a throughway to the danger zone. <laughs> or like if you were in New Jersey, you could be on the parkway to yes. the danger zone. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Should, should I continue? I think I think our audience <laughs> may have heard this before. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so I, yeah, so I pushed, I pushed out pretty far, and I got uh, as far as um, Breezy Point campsite from Churchill Dam, heading uh, south. And Breezy Point, if you're an old Allagash hand, it's the new campsite on Eagle Lake. Yep. Uh, and my good friend and Eagle Lake Ranger Ed Palace has said that there's enough firewood there for people to go and have a raging fire every day for the next five years. So if you're going to do an Allagash trip, stay at Breezy Point. Yeah. There's tons of wood there. It's, it's basically, like a giant tinder box. It's a giant, it's a giant tinder bundle is what it is. They have a giant uh, pile of, of wood and all it's, it's all dry and um, yeah, but it, it, it was a little stumpy, a little you know, primitive, but it was nice. It was pleasant. I, I, I really, you know, I really enjoyed it. But, um, leaving, leaving that place, um, the wind really, the wind was, was, um, the the next morning, uh, when I woke up, I had broken down camp and, um, the wind was starting, starting to pick up a little bit. And, um, on one side, it, it, it's, it was pretty pretty choppy, but the other side, where I was heading, the direction where I was heading was a lot calmer. So um, so you were sucked into believing, I'll be fine. It was a, it There's was, no way this wind's going to get it me. It was a definite <laughs> miscalculation, I will say. That's only happened to me like 326 times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I... Um, but it's good though, like, you know, if, if, uh, we have a joke around camp that like, uh, pain is a really good teacher, right? You yeah, only get slapped is. once. Like a little kid will only touch a hot wood stove once. You burn your fingertip, you learn your lesson. Yeah. So without getting kind of smacked around a bit by mother nature, mm-hmm. some of the lessons maybe aren't learned to the degree that, you know, when you have to endure a bit of pain and suffering or, yeah. you know, just sort of like one of those, oh my God moments when the waves are three feet higher than the gunnel of your canoe. Yeah. yeah it, that, that drives the point home. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically <laughs> what happened. I, I, uh, I, um, got pushed out into, uh, the middle of the lake. I was trying to stay on the shore uh, on the western shore as much as I could, 
to let the trees kind of block the wind. But I was also getting pounded by the waves coming straight at me. I couldn't, I couldn't figure out if it was a, a headwind or, or, or you know, which would have been would have been coming from the north or or a or a westerly wind. And now, kind of looking at it, you know, it, by the geography, you know, the the wind probably wrapped around the bowl of the lake, and you know, so it was kind of coming at it was coming at me from both directions. But, um, yeah, I did kind of have a moment where I was kind of sucked down in the middle of the lake and, um, kind of, yeah, I kind of had a, a, a little bit of a scare there. Um, and there, a little bit of a scare when you're on your own and there's nobody very, there very to help big you. Scare. That's a whole different animal than when there's a big group of people and you realize that, you know, there is safety in numbers. Yeah. That, that your decision-making process, my decision-making process, really anybody's, when you're solo, is you err much more on the side of caution. Yeah. Because you realize, like, this is, I'm, I'm the only help I've got. Yeah. So it's a different, it's just a different experience than being with the group. Yeah. And in all honesty, you know, what, what, you know, I did make the right decision. I decided to just, when I did have a chance to, to turn around, I turned my boat around I took the tail end and I, I floated to the next campsite. And even if there wasn't a campsite, I could have, you know, floated until I got to land and then, you know, and then, um, you know, I probably would have had to bushwhack a campsite. But the main thing was to not, to just let go and, and not try to, you know, just to kind of let nature take you where it's, it wants to take you, you know, because if you try to fight against it, you're going to lose that battle. Well, only like a hundred times out of a hundred. A hundred times, a hundred and one <laughs> times out of a hundred. Again, I'm no math guy, but the numbers line up. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, it was, um, it was, uh, you know, I had made a lot of right decisions. You know, I, I kind of, I got it all out there. I got rain. So I worked on my wet weather fire. I got, um, and you know, that's another thing that was very, uh, you know, um, kind of intimidating wet weather fire, you know, like, cause when, you know, the, when the weather is wet and you know, you're not going to get a fire, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's a part of you that just wants to just kind of give up, you know, I was actually at Churchill Dam, you know, like I could have like gone into my truck, turned it on and just like let the heat just set in the heated truck and let it run, you know, until, you know, when, until like my clothes dry and then crawl into my tent and just not have, you know, I could have taken a lot of ways out in that situation, but I decided to, you know, I was like, you know what? No, I come here for a reason. I, I have these skills. These skills are in me. You know, I, I, I know them. I just have to apply them, mm -hmm. you know, and I just have to just, you know, if I, if I fail, then just try again. But, you know, I'm going to get a fire because I know how to get a fire. And so I did and I did. I got a fire. Yeah. In some ways, I think traveling solo on the land forces you to, it forces you to face I don't want to say face your fears because I don't want to make it seem like like the boogeyman is out there hiding, but it it forces you to sort of like face your 
your anxieties and it forces you, you have to perform. There's no one else yep. to rely on. You can mm-hmm. only rely on yourself. Yeah. So like you're going to keep going. You're going to keep working towards getting that wet weather fire until you've got it, until you've boiled your drinking water for the next day mm-hmm. until your food is cooked. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing is you don't really have the, um, you know, the affordability of, you know, you know, I, I can, you know, I can put this off till tomorrow. I don't, you know, I don't need, uh, you know, I, I got enough, you know, I got a little bit of water in my canteen. All the dishes can wait till tomorrow, you know, you know, Hey, I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'll just take a few handfuls of mixed nuts. I won't eat tonight. You know, that's, you know, that's a recipe for disaster. You know, you, you don't do your dishes, then you still have to do them in the morning. You know, while, you know, and you're just asking for wildlife to come and, you know, peruse through your, your stuff. Um, you know, it's just going to slow you down the next morning. If you don't boil your drinking water, you're going to get behind on your hydration and then you're going to be less, you know, you're going to, you it's it's all going to come back to you you know yeah if you don't eat then you're not going to have the proper fuel to, there's just certain things that you have to accomplish on a daily basis you to have live, to do it to, to live to live the woods life absolutely you just can't you know you can't fudge it because it's hard absolutely but in doing that i mean my proficiency went through the roof i mean by the from the beginning of the trip it was taking me forever to boil water even though i've done it a hundred times, you know, being a part of guide groups and, you know, and, you know, with us. But the thing is, is that, you know, when we're, when you're in a group, you know, you know, every, all the chores are, are split. So you got, you know, you know, you might be the guide team, but then you just, you know, you don't, everybody gets firewood, you know? And so everyone gets like two sticks and all of a sudden you got, you know, in a five-person group, you got 10, 10, you know, pieces of firewood to work with. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the challenge of solo travel, right? It's yeah. like so many chores and you're you in order. You got to get all the firewood, you know, and, you know, I wanted to get enough firewood to boil all my, all my water and cook all my food and do all my dishes and also make, you know, food, you know, breakfast in the morning and coffee because I didn't want to be wandering around the woods in the morning when I'm all groggy, you know, looking for firewood. Or a, or a Starbucks. Exactly. In the middle of the alley. Yeah, which I, I looked furiously for a Starbucks. And no, they, only, yeah. only Dunkin's? Only Dunkin's. The circle K. There's Dunkin's on every corner, but they have not yet reached. <laughs> Starbucks has not reached the far north wood, woods of Maine. <laughs> yeah. That's good though. It's a good, it's a good self knowledge to know. Uh, so, you know, before and after, big picture. Mm-hmm. Like, if you had to comment on on changes that you felt kind of in yourself, not in you know too much of a touchy feely way, but you know what 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 did you learn? What was the most valuable lesson you learned? And what do you think the most valuable aspect of growth that you experienced was? Well, just you know, being in a position of making big decisions, you know, um, I will say, um, so, uh, you know, before I, 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 uh, went out, um, you know, there was just so, there was, you know, as you get closer and closer to the date that you, that you pick, 
you know, there's kind of a, you know, anxiety picks up. You start to kind of worry about, um, you know, just every little thing that could happen that could go wrong. Um, you really, uh, there's kind of, um, you know, uh, I don't know if anybody knows of uh, Bob Proctor. He's like, a, you know, a kind of a, a motivational speaker, but he talks about doing things that make you uncomfortable for growth. He, you know, he talks about the terror barrier, which is like, you know, right before you're about to do something that you plan to do, there's this barrier where you start to feel, um, you start to feel the, uh, you start to feel terror. You, 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 everything in you is trying to prevent you from doing this thing. And that's when you know, like, this is, you know, like logically, you know that you can do it. You just have to plan everything out and, and just follow that plan and you will do it. Cause you know, you can do it. Like I've been on enough trips to where I know that I, I can do this. Um, I have the skills, I have the knowledge, I can do this. This will be more difficult, it will be painful, but I will get tremendous growth out of it. So kind of working through that and, and just kind of stepping into that and, you know, you know, um, and just kind of stepping into the unknown a little bit and stepping into the discomfort is... Uh, you know, it's very hard, especially when you get closer to that date, because you know that it's, you know, it's going to suck. There's going to be parts that suck about it. Did it suck? Parts of it did suck. Um, and that's, and you know what? I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't have it, you know, any other way, you know, because it was extremely humbling. Without, um, without challenge, without some sort of adversity, there's very little growth, Right. Like unless, like use a use a weightlifting analogy. Unless you're stressing those muscles and breaking them down, they don't grow back stronger. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. You know what I mean? I mean, I my first, um, I I came out here in the fall of 2016 with you, and um, I have been, you know, constantly any trip that I can get on, I get on, you know, anytime that I can do a trip, I've been trying to do it at least one trip a year. Um, at least one river trip and one snowshoe trip a year. And that's because I want to continue to grow my skills. Mm -hmm. I, these skills are, um, you know, sacred to me. I, I, I believe in them 100%. I, I not only think that, you know, they're important to, um, they're precious to, to, uh, preserve, um, just because it, it ties us to our, to who we are, who we really are as human beings. But, um, you know, they carry on, to, they carry over to real life. I mean, the practicality of it, you know, it, it's such an amazing, like we talk about the hierarchy of needs, you know, when you have your baseline, you can't get to the higher levels of, you know, of your needs if you don't have your baselines. Right. So Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Google that. You'll see this big thing. He was a psychologist, I think, in the 1950s. But basically said that until we've met our needs for, like, food and water, then 
it's not really worth, you know, you, you can't really focus on like self actualization and, and things like that mm-hmm. when you're hungry and thirsty and you're not sleeping warm. Yeah. Right. So like first you take care of your basic needs, then you take care of your relationship needs, then you take care, but it all builds on each other. It's, there's a great graphic, Google it. You'll find it uh, again, Abraham Maslow's mm-hmm. hierarchy of needs and it should make it really clear. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I mean, and, and that's another thing too, is like you realize when you're out on your own and you have no one to talk to, you really appreciate your relationships, you know, and, and you, and you really appreciate the people that, um, take time and effort to be in your life. Yeah, for sure. You, you never like appreciated your loved ones more than when you're all alone. When you're all alone, you know, like you're, you're talking to a volleyball. Yeah, something. yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> you just, you know, you know, a lot of my friends and family were worried about me before I, you know, went out, you know, they, you know, they have kind of, uh, I think, you know, a, uh, you know, obviously they're worried. They don't know what you're, what you're doing. Like, why would anybody want to go by themselves? Why would any, they, their only reference to that is the movie Into the Wild, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I think that's what they think, you know, I was doing, you know? just I just have that moment where I'm just yelling, Society! Society! Into the Wild was the Pauly Shore movie where he went into the Stone Age. Is that uh... was that when they? I thought he went to that um, that uh, that glass bubble and uh... that wasn't Into the Wild. No, Biodome. No, no, I don't think Biodome was Into the Wild. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting for me. Uh, Colin got back yesterday afternoon. Our new spot. Um, here we're right outside the North Main Woods Gate uh, at the field school. So when he came back, you can always tell when someone's had that experience. You know, definitely a solo tripping experience that I highly recommend people get once they're ready for it. I mean, you got to know your stuff first. You got to be ready for it. And you know, like, like if like I what I did, you have to be ready for. But you know, if you go, if you come and do a course here, and you you know you learn some of the skills that we that we do, you are set to go into your backyard and do, you know, maybe a little overnight with, you know, maybe with just a, a tarp and a, and a wool blanket and an ax and a knife and a, and a few matches, you know, um, you know, you, 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 you can do a lot more than you think. I mean, we are meant to do these things, you know, that's, you know, it's kind of crazy as we just, learn these skills and perfect them over millennia and it's kind of crazy because it takes that long for these skills that work so well to develop and then it takes only a couple of generations for them to be completely lost yeah or even less or even less yeah one generation maybe two yeah i mean you know we go up with the cree um you know every couple of years you know we've been up there quite a bit and that's basically you know they're basically the the experts they're the pros they're the pros at at that to use that athletic analogy like when you go up to uj boogamu you're going to the show yeah the show there's levels (laughs) to this you know there's levels to this game and uh they they, they're at the highest level and uh even even they are um since they've kind of you know I mean, maybe we can do a, a, a show or a podcast on 
on on that, but you know they kind of have one foot in the bush and one foot in modernity, and they're kind of you know they're kind of wait like pregnant uh, maternity paternity. This is this is modernity. Okay, I think ma is what you uh, yeah. kind of took so, that and ran with. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's challenging. Like. Uh, a foot in two worlds. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, and they're, thing. and they're very, um, especially a lot of the elders that grew up in the bush are very concerned with, uh, you know, losing their culture, learn, losing these skills so rapidly. Yeah. You know, cause you know, a lot of the kids are, you know, they got their cell phones now and a lot of, a lot of, you know, uh, their kids want what kids everywhere want. Uh, you know, you, the know you can't blame them. You can't blame them. No, there's no blame at all. It's just, it's a, it's changing times. Yeah. So I can tell, uh, I've got to run here pretty okay. soon. Got to yep. get, got to go do my workday stuff. But it was obvious to me when you pulled up, you know, you walked up, you can always tell somebody who's coming back from like a solo trip, right? Because of the way they, they walk a little bit taller, their shoulders or their chest is stuck out a little bit more. They're a little more humble too, mm. right? Yeah. That's humbling is it, especially solo travel is mm-hmm. very humbling because you realize that mother nature owns you. Absolutely, and that you know we're pretty we're pretty fragile yeah. creatures, mm-hmm. uh, and also too you realize like the the value of the relationships that you have, and, yeah. you, and I think you're I'm when I do it I'm humble that way that I you know I miss people when I'm out, um, yeah. but but one of the huge benefits of spending time alone in the backcountry is just. I think you don't lose, I think in the modern world, people lose the appreciation for a lot of the things that make life awesome and worth living. Like you lose the the ability to really appreciate your uh, closest relationships, like especially now, end of yeah. the COVID, people have been like holed up with, with loved ones or, yeah. or family members mm-hmm. <laughs> or both. <laughs> um, and you're like, oh, just, um, just five minutes away from this person, mm-hmm. but then go take 10 days away from that person and man, you realize that those relationships are, they're the most valuable thing that we could ever have. Absolutely. Like much more so than like something shiny and gold. Like who cares? You know, after 10 days in the woods by yourself, you're like, I'd, I'd give it all. If I had all the gold in the world, I'd give it all up to spend another couple hours. And I'll, yeah. And I'll even, you know, even music sounded better when I, you know, when I, when I was leaving, you know, I, I, I was listening to music when I, pulled in and it was you know like i think i remember when you pulled in it was rebecca black's friday yes uh, yes and and and, and it i sounds better doesn't yes it? yes because i listened to that you know on repeat you know and after a while it starts to become background noise and you just you don't hey, appreciate. hey never to me you just don't i know i know i mean <laughs> genius is genius you yeah. know genius recognize genius but you know i you know when you come back you you know the the difference between that you know the music you know just relationships music everything that maybe you were kind of maybe you just needed a break from from and you know and you're kind of cutting yourself off you 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 need that time like these kinds of trips these kinds of things the benefits that you get coming back i mean it's just it's countless. It's things you don't even you don't even consider. It's a it's know. a reset of your personal baseline. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you just appreciate everything about it. I always love at the end of the season I go home and I'm kind of 
cradled at the warmth of my family and I'm sitting mm-hmm. back on like a couch and you're like, this is like a chair, but it's yeah. soft. Yeah. And then yeah. I just pump my fist in the air and I'm like, go humans, we're awesome. <laughs> we and invented then, couches. <laughs> Take then, out food. And then your family is like looking at you weird yeah, they're, silence. They're, they're, they're calling the number and then the, the van comes to get you. Yep. It's all padded. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's this is a company too. It's happened a million times. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Thanks for uh, sharing your experience with us. Yep. Uh, sounds like it was a great experience, a powerful experience, and, and one that you'll probably continue to draw lessons from for a number Absolutely. of years. Absolutely. That's the beauty of the beauty of wilderness travel, the beauty especially of solo wilderness mm-hmm. travel, is that you're you're forced to confront who you are right then in that moment. Mm-hmm. You, you know, the masks that we wear in the modern world sort of fall away and you're faced with this big full length mirror showing you exactly who you are. Yep. And you know, how you deal with that uh, in the long run is a huge part of the process. But anyway, thanks, Colin. Uh, Thank Thank you you. to you out there in podcast land for listening. And we'll hit you back again soon with another one. Have a great day. You have been listening to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. For more information on our professional wilderness guide training programs that are college accredited and GI Bill approved, visit us on the web at jackmtn.com.